Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You're listening to the Dad Bod Golf Pod with Kyle Rush, Ben Taylor, and Nate Pass. What's up, everybody? We're back again. It's episode 145 of the Dad Bod Golf Pod. It's Friday, it's Friendship Friday, and it's Kyle. Ben, Nate, and the man, Andrew Kozan. I just made that up just now. We're proud members of the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. And tonight's episode is brought to you by Bet Online, the number one sports betting website in the country. Sign up today. March Madness is right around the corner. And uh, get that account set. Give them 100. They're going to stack 50% on top of it. And get your bets lined up, get your black deck, blackjack table lined up, get ready for March Madness because that's the number one betted event, like besides the Super Bowl that's out there. Let's have some fun. Bet online where the game starts. Andrew, what's up, brother? What's happening, boys? Thanks for having me on again. Looking forward Ooh. to it. Hey, there's a pretty exclusive club of two-timers. You know, There's not many two-timers. No, not a lot of two-timers around here. <laughs> no, you got that many you one timers. Be honest with you. Yeah, <laughs> we've been stood up so much. There's not. Yeah, there's not a lot of one timers. So get a get a two get a two timer, man. We're yeah. we're rolling. We're rolling high cotton now. I love it. So Nate, are you gonna you gonna ask him if he's if he's used your your little deposit yet? We we uh, before you came on, we've already quizzed him on this, so we want to see your reaction. So I only had two glasses of wine, and I wish I'd had four, so I could have sent you more money, but. <laughs> Uh, yeah, $25 from me to you on Venmo yep. for blackjack purposes only. If you spend it on gas, then you're never getting on the show again. Um, <laughs> where are we at on that? So Kyle texts really randomly. He's just like, Hey, like, what's your Venmo? I said, Oh my God, like, I, I don't even want to know. Like, oh, look, Kyle, Kyle requested you $2,000. <laughs> That's what I was expecting. I was like, Oh yeah. my God. Dude, and then he he texts me. He's like, "Yeah, you're probably he probably wants to help you out with some blackjack to get, get the vibes flowing." So I was sitting there. I didn't even see it though. Like I didn't see it till the next day, so I couldn't even do it, man. So it's sitting in a very privately secured account, just sitting there, pretty much an escrow, getting ready for the next event. Nice. So it's offshore right now. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I can't. Okay, I good. Can't do a country though. Good. The the thing is, Nate. $25, what if he gets pocket aces right out the gate? You can't split $25. I don't know what I was thinking. I had just left a fairly big tip at the restaurant, and I think I was reeling from that. And so I was like, I don't, I'm not, I am not cash heavy right now. You know? Yeah. You're going to need another 25 then. Yeah. There you go. You're right. No, you're right. We'll get, we'll get that other, we'll get that next 25. <laughs> the, the thing is, and I'm going to, I'm going to be creepy for a second. I went and looked at Andrew Dash Cozan. I saw you had been most some guys from the golf team. So I knew it was you. But the last demo you had was like two years ago. So I was like, this account could be inactive. You know, most most people our age, Andrew, are pretty active on on Venmo. You are I'm you are not. Active on there. I don't know why. In 2020, you were. Or man, you just do all locked. You you do private transactions. Probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's kind of weird. That not Nate. He wants he wants some. He wants everybody to know he slapped you with that 25. I did not. Yeah, I made that. It was that was very public. So yes. the joke, the joke, if you missed the last episode, is the way that uh, Kozan gets ready for events yeah. is he plays blackjack and he just showed us. Online blackjack too. This is not a hobby. This is a lifestyle. Go ahead and show him, Kozan. Show him. 
just your typical everyday like <laughs> <laughs> that is practice. You go, you go from the putting green, you go from the putting green inside and you start dealing hands. I love so it. when you're by yourself, do you deal the hand and then go get up and get on the seat and then play exactly. as the player and then go back yeah. to the dealer and, and then exactly. just yeah. gotta get the practice. <laughs> That's sick. That's sick. So let's talk about what we uh you know what we uh, came on to talk about is your uh your performance uh your your shot at the Honda Classic and um you you got in as a sponsor's exemption uh pretty late uh made the cut in heroic fashion and then finished strong uh top 30 finish oh we were we were super fired up we were texting all weekend um uh me and you but also me and the guys like just hole by hole every time we could every time we could catch an update it was just – it was a, a absolute ton of fun. And uh, we came up with some – you know, just kind of learn a lot about this whole process uh, and, you know, get your take on it and whatnot. But uh, you got in as a sponsor's exemption. So explain how that worked and, like, how late in the game. Because it was pretty late in the game when you actually got the call. So how did all that work out? Yeah, so, uh, you mean, a typical tournament's going to have – usually between two and four sponsor invites that they're able to give out. Um, they gave out most of them. And I think a few guys ended up getting, so I think they gave one to, I forgot the guys, but so they gave, they gave the sponsor invites out. And then there was one or two guys that ended up, they were on the PJ tour that ended up getting into the event by themselves through their FedEx cup ranking and, or whatnot. So that opened up more exemptions so that was a big step for us because, you know, and all you need is one spot. So the more that are available, obviously the, the more likely you are to get it. And then there was one last spot they that opened up, I want to say on Friday or Saturday. Yeah. But I was signed up for the Monday qualifier anyways. Like, you know, at that point it's so close. You want to assume you're not going to get it and just go out there, prepare and, and try to earn the spot on Monday. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, we were out there, didn't hear anything from Saturday. So went out there Sunday, practice, had a lesson, was out there doing a practice round for Monday. I think I was I got back home. It was probably eight thirty, nine o'clock, you know, getting the outfit ready for the next day, getting the clubs, getting the bag ready to go. And then I get a text from uh Gary Nicholas saying, like, hey, wanted you to hear it from me. Like, no need to go out there tomorrow, have a great week and and, and good luck and all that, which was great. So wow. I, was, I was super pipe or super pumped. So Gary you know, texts you, that's sick. Yeah, Gary texted me, and that's cool because I've known Gary for a while. Um, I went to school with some of the Nicholas grandkids back in the day. Yeah, known Gary for shoot maybe eight or nine years. Played a little golf with him, and then he was one of the one of the coaches for another local high school here. So we saw him throughout the high school season a bunch too. So it was pretty special to get the text from him, having the having the history and having the past that we do. Um. So yeah, that was just. Thank God, man. Like I'm, I'm in because growing up, I mean, I was a member at PGA for maybe seven, eight, nine years. So right. ever since you're a kid, six, seven, eight years old, you're always out there like, oh, like you're playing the champ. Oh, what if this, this putt was to win the Honda? Like, yeah, as any would be. It's like your hometown it was, event. Exactly. Yeah. It was, I mean, if you would have asked me my whole life, if you would have would have rather played the U.S. Open or the Honda, I probably would have chosen Honda just because it was that special, man. Just always being out there. And it, it was a great event. It was dream come true. Had so much, so many friends, family, a lot of locals out there support me this week. So it was really special. 
that's that's awesome. Um, so you said you're a member there. You're a member there for like six or seven years. Yeah, we, we were up until maybe five years ago. Yeah, yeah. So you, I mean, you had like you have like intimate like knowledge of this course. Like you've played it just hundreds of times. That's got to make you feel like going into your first event like just top level confidence. Yeah, no, definitely, and that's why I was getting interviewed after one of the rounds. And they were asking, like, what was the biggest advantage of, of playing the course so many times? And pretty much my answer was that I've seen so many super low rounds that you kind of get – I don't know how to explain it. I, I was kind of saying, like, there's so much hype that goes into how hard the course is, you know, the bear yeah. trap and all the water and blah, 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 that people come to the tournament before they even play the course, they're already intimidated by it. Right. But me having so much experience on it, you've seen so many 65, 66, 67, 68s. You know there's birdies out there as long as you play aggressive. But people get so caught up in the hype that is the bear trap. Right. That they come in scared, they come in timid, timid, and they come in trying to avoid bogeys, which is never the right way to play a golf course. You got there's, to – there's times where you need to be – safe and take your medicine and play to the center of the green. But there's times where, especially on that course where you need to be aggressive because the course is that hard. There's only a handful of holes that are, are decent birdie looks and you have to take advantage on those. Cause if you don't, then the rest of the course is just going to kick your butt. Like it starts off fine. Like one, two, three, four are good birdie holes. Then you get the stretch of five, six, seven. It'll kick you in the butt easily. And then eight, nine are okay, but then the back nine super tough. Ten, eleven, I think fourteen should be part of the bear trap too. Yeah. Um. So I mean, there's realistically six or seven. Yeah, I wouldn't even say more than seven holes where you're looking to try and make birdie. The rest is kind of just managing your game around the hazards and just kind of trying to sneak your way around there. Uh. I- the uh you talked about you kind of mentioned it and we had a we had a show about this uh before and guys feel free to jump in at any point in time the uh what's harder uh what's harder the uh the bear trap or five six and seven they the the, uh they called it what they call it the the snake pit the the grizzly den the The grizzly den den or something like that we we were i gave they said grizzly den yeah they they said that and all three of us were like i've never heard it never heard that. that Like, I don't know who – have you heard it called that? No, I haven't heard that. <laughs> I think they just made it up for that. They, they just made it up Nine-year member, man. never heard of it. Yeah, you're yeah. a member and never heard of it. That's BS. So, so it's two stretches where it's par three, par four, par three. But it seems like five, six, and seven may be a little bit tougher than, you know, 15, 16, 17. But I'll let you, I'll let you answer that. That's a, shoot, that's a good one. I feel like a lot of it is – you know, they hype the bear trap up so much, as I said, but then it's always coming down the stretch. Like yeah. if you would have, if you would have put holes five, six, and seven as 15, 16, 17, then I think it would be harder than the current bear trap. Mm. But I think the fact that like, if you, if you just randomly put 15, 16, 17, just out of order in the middle of the golf course, I don't think they're that bad. That's a good but, point. You know, you always have you always have to have a good round going, and in the back of your head, it's like, okay, well, I have a good round going. I I need to get through the bear trap because you're not trying to think of it, but like in the back of your mind, you know, 
like it can kind of go downhill there. So, I mean, 15 all the way back is 175 yards maybe. Yeah. Then you get the really tough crosswind. They'll tuck the pin left so that bunker is dead too. Yeah. And this year, I think it's new this year. I don't think it's been like that in the past. 15 and 17 are yellow hazards instead of red. Which is re-tee. Which is, it's just, which is tough because you get a bad line those bunkers, especially on 15. You can easily just trickle it right across the green. And then instead of dropping around the green like in the past, then you got to go all the, way, all the way back to the drop zone. But anyway, yeah, like I said, 15's a, a middle middle pin. You're hitting a 170-yard shot. Um, yeah, it's tough with the crosswind. 16's like a 4-iron, 6-iron, 4-iron, 7-iron. Yeah. Which is – it's tough to make birdie, but it's a pretty straightforward par hole. Right. Six, then, to me, 6 to me seems harder than 16 because 6, if I feel like everybody – you're – you're hitting a long iron and the green sort of elevated, isn't it? Like not many, everything's yeah. normally pretty flat and that green kind of sits up and it's on, out in the water. Like yeah. there's water everywhere. So well, absolutely. Six is without a doubt, in my opinion, way harder than 16. Like 16 is a really wide fairway. You're only hitting a four iron, you know, the green's way bigger, but then six is the fairway so tight that, I mean, the fairway itself can't be more than 25, 28 yards yeah, wide. Right. So you're pretty much aiming at the right bunkers, hoping it draws. Because you can't lay back short of them because then you're going to leave yourself 260 in. You're pretty much aiming down the bunker line or the rough and car path line, right of the bunkers, trying to hit a draw. And if it draws, it's in the fairway. And if it kind of just stays straight, if it's in the rough, you can kind of get away with it and work it around a tree or something to get it up to the green. Usually, if you're in the bunker, you're not being able to reach the green. You're laying back to 50, 60 yards. I mean, it's just tough when a when a fairway is 25, 30 yards wide and yeah. you left some water. It all kicks left, too. Like, you can – so many times it lands in the left fairway, you think you're fine. I think kicks straight left, trickles down the short rough and into the water. So, Yikes. Well, one of those, like at the end, one of those par threes at the at the end in the in the bear trap. I mean, at one day, I mean, we were watching it, and guys, when it was that front pin location, guys were hitting nines in. Like yeah, it was, it was way up Sunday. Yeah. The first day they had the, the first day they had the tees up. I think I hit pitching, maybe pitching wedge. Yeah, it was like one forty five the first day. Yeah, I think I hit pitching wedge and made birdie. Second day they had it at like one eighty five into the wind, and then kind of got away from me there in the left bunker. The third day was 175, 180, and the last day was probably only 150. Yeah. yeah Walk us through 17 on Friday because Kyle had mentioned that you had made the comment that they probably should have called it. And maybe if you can give us a little insight of how that insight into how that works. I mean, obviously, they're trying to get everybody off the golf course if they can. Yeah. And you kind of had a unique position of being. You guys were the last group, correct? Yeah, we were the last group. The last group on – yeah, I mean, I had a little bit of a, I had a little bit of a similar situation a few a few of the first couple of weeks on Corn Ferry because I mean these fields are getting so so big and with the daylight savings time still going on I think so it, it gets dark earlier so the last three four five groups always have a tough time finishing you know you got to get up to a quick start and then you always feel like you're rushing a little bit the last few holes and I made that mistake once or twice the first few events, you know, you get six holes left. You're like, okay, I really want to finish this. I don't want to have to come out in the morning. And you, 
you don't try and rush, but you kind of do without even right. knowing it. So you start playing quicker. So once we got our tee times on Wednesday, we're like, okay, well, Friday, we're just, we're not going to finish. Like, you just got to be in the mindset. We're not going to finish. We're going to have to come back Saturday. So what? Like, whatever it takes. We're not, I'm not going to go down that road of without even knowing it. You start rushing and you start missing shots. Is that something that you bring up to the other guys in your group? Like, everybody's kind of on the same page? Or you, when you say we, you just kind of talk about, like, you and your caddy, your I team. Mean, this is my team. Like, me, my caddy, my coach. Gotcha. I feel like just getting in that mindset. And then the guys who are in the, in the pairing kind of know when you tee off at 150 that you're probably not going to finish. Right, right. But, um, so, yeah, I mean, we got to we got to 17. Luckily, the wind was dying down a little bit. Um Tough pin. I think it was playing like 185, 190. That pin was nasty. Right. Yeah, that pin was – that's a tough pin. Uh, we kind of just pulled a little bit left. I think it landed in the rough – on the on the front down slope of the bunker and then kicked into the back side slope of the bunker. So I'm like a downhill side hill lie. Tried to go it, tried to get it on the green. Ended up like one or two hop into the water. You know, looking back on it, probably I probably would have been better off just chunking it and leaving it in the bunker. Leaving it in the bunker. Trying to get it up on the upslope or something like that. Looking back on it. But, saw Lee, Lee Hodges had, or I think it was Lee had had a similar spot, and he putted it at. Did you see? Yeah, that it was it was that, your guy. Yeah, that yeah, was like, that was yeah. on fifteen. Fifteen, okay, that's right. Well, yeah, you get in those scenarios. As I said, like fifteen, like I said, is that water on the right is yellow all the way around where it, it used to be red. So it's you get not scared, but you have to be super defensive because these greens are so quick. If you get a downwind shot that's rolling a little bit, the thing just trickles right over the green or the water. And then instead of dropping right there, like I hit my shot, I hit the bunker shot went in the water. So in years past, you know, I take the penalty. I'm hitting my four shot from the, the fringe. Right. But now I got to go back in the dark to a 150 yard. Ah, drop. gotcha. That's what, that's how it happened. And then, and then you you made a pretty heroic up and down out of the bunker to kind of yeah, stay it, right. It landed on the green and then barely trickled into the bunker, but it was on the upslope, which was nice. Which, yeah. looking back on it, that's where I should have just – once I was in the downslope of the bunker, I should have just – I could have even putted it to that almost. <laughs> yeah, right. Honestly, hit a hit a 10-yard putt in the bunker and put it on the upslope. And then you got a fairly simple up and down. You know, the green's pretty much straight away from you, so you kind of just chunk it out. Like, chunk it out. Right. Yeah. Would you Is consider the, that to be the best able, triple bogey of your life? What was that? Would you consider that to be the best triple bogey of your life? I guess, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't name any other triples. Though. Yeah. yeah. Is, is that something, though, when you're talking about talking with your guys, can you at least go to – is there an official walk-in with you guys? Can you can you turn to an official and go, man, like, can you radio in? I mean, it's getting kind of dark out here. Yeah, I mean, you can. You can ask – I guess it's – I think it's technical. Do you just – ask for a ruling and say, Hey, I think it's too dark. What do yeah. you think? Yeah. And when we got off 16, there was still a little bit of sunlight. So we were fine putting. We thought we would be okay. And then once you walk through the tunnel on 17, you know, it's like two or three levels of stands behind the tee box, which is right where the sun was coming from. So as soon as you get to that hole, all the sunlight just kind of gets blocked by those stands, but we're still thinking, you know, it's 180, 185 yard shot. 
you know, no wind. We're in kind of a zone, you know, still playing all right. I'd rather hit the shot now than have to sleep on that shot. That Yeah, that would be a tough right. one to sleep on. I'd rather, so. Yeah. Um, and it, I, I think we were still fine to play. Once I got to, once I hit the shot and had to go back at the drop zone, that was when I was like, okay, it's pretty dark now, but I'm not, again, like, I'm not going to sleep on this. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just yeah. get it up there and then get to the last hole. So got that out of there with triple. And then at the moment, I thought I made double for some reason. I'm like, I'm not used to the whole hitting your second shot in the water. Usually it's a par three, you know, you hit your shot in the water. Yeah. You, know, you hit three off the tee, hit it on, make double, and you're fine. And I was walking the last. I'm like, okay, like we're still perfectly fine. No, make six. We're even if I somehow make six on this easy par five, we're still fine. And then I was like, wait, that's not how it works. I made triple. Yeah. <laughs> far now. Oh wow. Exactly. And then so you rip your drive pretty, right in the fairway. But did you ever consider yeah. not teeing off on 18? Like, I did. Was there any once discussion I, or? Once I made the putt on 17, I was like, well, I'm done. Like I'm not playing the last hole. But then we got up there, you know, the wind was super calm and 18 is a super wide tee shot. So I was like, maybe with the wind being super calm right now, it might just be worth it just to rip driver up there. Because when it gets dark, it's tough, um, especially wedges, because like just if you're a centimeter off on contact with a wedge, you can chunk it or blade it and all that. Yeah. But with, with the driver, it's not the end of the world. So I was like, okay, well, let's just maybe we'll just rip driver. And that way, the wind, like, because the next day was going to have, like, 15, 20-mile-an-hour wind. There's no wind right now. We'll rip driver, get it as far up there as we possibly can. Yeah. So, hit the, we all hit drives. And, I mean, I hit it. I'm like, well, it felt good, but did, no one even saw it. <laughs> like, <laughs> you not see the ball. Uh-huh. So, once I hit the shot, I called the official over. I'm like, I don't want to play this hole. He's like, all right, that's cool. And the guys in my group are just outside. We're outside the cut line. So they were like, well, we're just going to finish the hole. And I was just like, you couldn't see their shots. We got to the green and there was a huge like electronic scoreboard over the green that was like bright red with the logo. So the whole green looks like <laughs> a piece of red paper at, at some point. Like you can't see it's anything. like inside of a sky bar or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it looked exactly like that. I swear I saw strobe lights or something too. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I was like, I'd much rather sleep on this than work on 17 or having to hit these shots in the dark. So, yeah, it was, it was tough being the only guy out there. You know, sleeping on that overnight was tough. I mean, it's, it's all learning experience. You know, I'm still early in my career. I feel like no matter what happens to me, I'm, I'm able to learn from it. There's not any negatives. I don't think that could happen to me right now. Knock on wood, but. So it I would mean, have been unreasonable you're, you're, for you to stand on the seventeenth tee box and be like, "I don't, I don't want to play anymore." Yeah, it would have been. Yeah, totally. It's just it. It took so, you longer to play that hole than you than maybe it normally would have, and then all of a sudden you've. Yeah, exactly. That and then I was like, hit the tee shot on eighteen. I'm like, okay, so right now it's a pitch black layup, a pitch black approach, and then either a tough two putt because you can't read the green and you can't see the speed of the green. Yeah. Or miss the green. How are you going to get that up and down? The last thing you want is a six footer in the dark where you can't see anything. Yeah. Or I can wait, get out here in the morning, do a good warm up. I can. I know how far I have, so I know exactly how far I'm going to hit my layup and exactly pretty much what club I'm going to have in. It's going to be bright. 
the green's going to be softer. The greens are going to be better because they got pretty, they got a little bit crusty later in the day. So it's like, it's, it's tough to say no to no wind. You got a nine iron, you got a sand wedge and you got two putts and you're good. Right. Awesome. So I'll walk us through, like, I, I know you said that you're, you're now you're saying early in my career and, and you know, and you, and you've had time to think about it, but I will tell you this, the three of us, so we're, we're, we're texting back and forth. And first off, they cut away from coverage. So they take it back to the studio, right? Like you had not even finished 17 yet. And so we don't know what the daylight situation is. We know it's getting dark, but we just don't know how dark. So we're having to follow you on like the PGA tour app and just watching yeah, your shots, tour. Which, yeah. which by the, by, by the way, on 17, now that you can laugh about it, about triple, yeah. Uh, that was not what we wanted to follow when we were seeing oh. the shot by shot. Because <laughs> <Definitely laughs> we're we're definitely texting each other, going, "What the hell just happened? Like, what's yeah. going to go? Like, why are all these numbers on here now?" Yeah, and, I, uh, yeah. and so and then you Nate didn't have he didn't have the tour app going at that time because and I don't think Kyle did either because you tee off on eighteen and I keep hitting refresh and it's like after ten minutes you haven't hit the second shot and so. I tell the guys, I text them and I go, I think he just teed off and walked off. I said, I think they called him off. And Nate goes, what? And I said, I think he has to finish the hole with his career on the line tomorrow. (laughs) That was, was, and I told him, I said, I'm walking around. My wife said, what's the problem? I said, I'm effing nervous, man. I said, he's got to tee off in the morning or he's got to hit a ball in the morning. Then we're doing scenarios. We're like, does he come out there and is he hitting three woods off the tee? Oh, off yeah, the we lived it. We lived he, it completely. Yeah. Is he, is he gonna I go didn't sleep that night either. <laughs> it was like, is he going to lay up and is he going to take his two putt and go? Because that's the smart well, was, play. Take, take everyone, two. everyone was like getting upset that I was like laying up. Like I was getting interviewed. It's like, well, why do you lay up? I was like, well, you know, every every day on the range with my coach there, we, we kind of go through all the pins and where you want to hit to where you want to aim for and where you kind of want to stay away from. And that was the only pin on that green where you're laying up no matter what. Yeah. yeah. So even if I could have had a four iron into that hole and I probably was still going to lay up because, you know, you got water, right. Yeah. But there's so much room left that it's a fairly simple up and down to any other pin on the right side. But that pin was on like a front corner of the green. You know, you got a big slope, you got bunkers right there. So anywhere left is, it's a very, very hard chip shot just to hit the green, let alone get it within 15, 20 feet yeah. and have a birdie look. I don't see what you gained by birdie on that hole. Like at, no, at that no. position where you're at, since you no. since the entire field was in front of you, you didn't have to worry about somebody behind you. You know, you were in complete control of your own destiny. So, yeah, I don't I – don't, I don't Well, and that's what, we, that's what we said too. Like you don't – in that position, you don't go for it because – we didn't know what you'd be hit because that was the thing. It didn't say how far out you were, but we were like, like a, it would have been like an easy three wood, which is why you're gonna do that when you get a nine iron and a sand wedge. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so we're thinking yeah. if he hits three wood, it, there's dew on the ground. He's doing it first thing in the morning. What if ball? What if water's between the the ball and the club face? What if he sprays it right in the water? Way too many variables. Yeah. So uh, do you did you mark your ball? How does that work? I'm just curious. Yeah, you mark it. You know, just put a couple of tees down. You know, I, I got my yardage that night so i was able to you know the, after the round or the next morning we were on the range kind of go through some numbers of what i would i would probably be hitting and then how far my i want my layup or my my third shot to be 
So exactly where I want to lay up. So, I mean, we were on the range doing a four warm up and then got a couple extra minutes. So I knew I was going to be hitting a nine iron layup. And then I was guessing I was going to have a sand wedge, which is anywhere from 105 to 115. And so I would, I would hit, I was literally on the range for 10 minutes going nine iron. And then I'd call out a random number between 100 and 115 yards and then try to hit that. Then I hit another yeah. nine iron. And then I'd say, okay, I'm going to try to hit this 112. Do that. I probably did this eight or nine times through. So, I mean, you get out there and you're like, okay, well, I just did this 10 times. So what's another one? You know, hit, exactly. hit the nine iron layup. And I think I had like 116. So, yeah, as far as the first shot you have to hit out of the middle of the fairway at 645 in the morning, a nine iron where you're not aiming for anything but fairway has got to be up there as far as comfort, comfort level. <laughs> I mean, a, a three wood off the deck. Yeah. A, a, a baby three wood off the deck does not sound like fun. It's, it's already a super stressful situation. Not, not stressful, but you get, you know, you get the nerves going just hitting a nine iron and a wedge, let alone like, oh, I got to pierce this three wood, you know, I can't miss it right. Pierce, I'm writing that down. I can miss left, but I can't go too far left because then it's a really tough to hit the green. It's like, screw that. Like, <laughs> I'm just, I'm hitting a nine iron, I'm hitting a sandwich, I'm getting the hell out of here. I'm and two then you're off 45 minutes yeah. later, damn yeah. right. Yeah. 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 So that was what I was going to ask. Like, how does it work? Like, you just, did you just roll on to one or was there like 20, 30 minutes? Like, how, how long was well, it after you finished 18? I think I had like, 25 minutes till I teed off so okay. you know went there, kind Damn. of sat down for a minute and then hit a couple balls hit rolled a rolled a few putts and went out you played by yourself Saturday I did yeah no marker no marker no. man I wish I'd have been in town that would have been great I could have been that would have been so fun I, I said can I please be the marker for the Honda <laughs> on, Classic <laughs> on 18 on Saturday morning I mean, they. who tells you – I'm just – this is so intriguing to me. Who tells you what time you go out there? Does someone go out there with you and, like, blow like air horn shotgun. or, like, be like, okay, uh, and go. I mean, like, what's the – So, they, they told me – I was, like, on Friday when I got to 18, hit the tee shot. I go to the official. I go, I don't want to finish. It's way too dark. I think they're going to go ahead, but I don't – I'm not doing that. I can't even see the ball. He goes, okay, so your radio's in. Yeah, okay, uh, Andrew doesn't want to play. And the guy goes, okay, well, have him back here at 6.50 in the morning. So I don't know if that was – I think, well, usually I feel, I feel like they would do that to try and, like, almost scare you and to be like, well, wow, that's earlier than I was expecting. Maybe I'll just finish. Yeah. But I don't think that's how it was this time because tea time started so early because they do twosomes on the weekend. Yeah. But, you know, I got out there – 5.30, stretch, did the full full warm-up. And then, yeah, you know, you get a ride out there. I think we got out at, like, 6.42 or something like that. And we're like, can we just – he's like, am I good to go whenever? You know, you usually have to wait for an air horn to get everyone out of position, but I'm the only one there, so I can kind of just go when I want. So I think sunrise was at 6.46, and I think we were like, okay, we're just going to wait till then, like, at least have the sun up. So wait till then, you know, they have – I had a few family friends that and that were out watching even that early. And then, you know, you finish and then you make it. And there's a bunch of officials there and whatnot. I still had to go sign my scorecard and scoring. Yeah. And, do all that. and by then they knew what the tee times were going to be. Like, oh, hey, by the way, you're teeing off at 730 by yourself. So it's in 20 minutes. Just want to let you know. Just What's that, by the way? 
What's that like? It's all business, man. They just playing <laughs> by yourself versus playing in a, in a, in a an event by yourself without a playing partner versus playing. I mean, playing with somebody is it is that tougher? Is that easier? Because you can you don't have to wait on anything. You just kind of go. Like what? what, what how do you feel about that? It depends on the player. Like there's a lot of people that it's not good because they get going so quick they kind of get out of rhythm with themselves. Yeah. So they start speeding up and. Or then they'll they'll notice it and they'll slow down really slow and I feel like they just bump back and forth. They're too quick and too slow. But I mean, we went out there with a good rhythm. We looked Friday night when I I knew I had to go back the next morning, but we were like, oh, it's you know we make par. Like obviously, you make birdie, you're going to move up. So I'll be, I would have been a little later. But if we if we make par, they do last in first out. Yeah. So I was in the last in on the number, which means I'd be first out. And then there's an odd number that made the cut. They do two sums on the weekend, so if we make par, we're going out by ourselves probably. So, yeah, made par, and then we're like, hey, you're going out by yourself in 20 minutes. And I was like, perfect, let's do it. You know, still had a bunch of fans out there, family, friends, some local people out there supporting, which was phenomenal. And then, you know, I thought it was easy. Like, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm quick or slow. I feel like I, I do a little bit of both. You know, I, I play a little quicker when I need to slow down if I start to need to do a few things. So it was kind of nice to have free reign on that. I think we played normal and it was still like three hours, three hours, 10 minutes. That's pretty quick. But it, it was kind of <laughs> yeah. nice because you can kind of get in a good rhythm that way. You know, if you get playing with some quick people, they'll kind of bring you out of your rhythm. You play with slow people, they're going to bring you out of your rhythm. Yeah. So I go out there, feel really natural. It was fun. I was only joking because I was just giving my caddy a hard time because I felt like he can. He was always doing something. There was there was one hole where he was. I mean, because he's got to carry the bag. He doesn't have time to clean the clubs. He's always he's got to get the pin every hole. Head cover. Yeah, exactly. And there was yeah, one. Hole where I think I hit it in the fairway bunker and then it hit it in the greenside bunker. <laughs> I get to the greenside bunker. He's still back there finishing the ferry bunker. And I'm over there, like, as a joke, like, waving my arms up. <laughs> he's like, he's like, give me a break, man. <laughs> but it was, Quit hitting know, the it, was, it was all fun, man. We had a blast out there. It was super easy. You know, everyone was out there still supporting. So it was, yeah, it was, it was awesome. So they just announced your name on the first tee. And then they, instead of saying, good luck, gentlemen, they're just like, good luck, Andrew. Good luck, yeah. guy. Yeah, play well, guys. Wait, yeah, and it was funny because we since we got going so quick, like I think our standard bear like got stuck in traffic and didn't like didn't make it out to like the seventh hole. Oh my! So we God. had that actually be better to be a standard bear with just one guy though. Yeah. yeah, so like we had our score, like doing all the live scoring and the shot link stuff, but then like our standard bear didn't get out there to like the end of the front nine or the back nine or something like that. <laughs> Did y'all give him hell? Did you yeah, give him it? But then, like, my parents, for instance, like, they were going to come out once I made the cut. So they saw I made the cut, and they're like, okay, we're on their way. We're on our way. And then, you know, they get to, like, I don't know, 45 minutes, an hour later. I'm, like, making a turn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so dude, you play, you played that final – that first hole, and then, like, we turn around and, re- like, refresh the app. I was like, damn, he's already played eight holes. Yep. Like, he's – Yeah, motoring. almost done. I was going to bring that up earlier. Like, I had so many friends – after the third round that were like like last night was crazy this morning was crazy because last night we didn't know what happened because your name was the only one that wasn't updated and then so i wake up today like we keep we kept checking the scores on you 
and it still said nothing, still said nothing, and all of a sudden it says you're on your eighth hole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I guess everybody got that. Everybody caught yeah. that. No, I, I've heard it from six or seven different people about that. At least the one where I was checking the night before, it finally, after about 20 minutes, there was the red ticker tape that came across the top that was delayed. like play suspended. And I was like, finally, like somebody's telling us what's going on. But yeah, then I went and looked at the two guys you teed off with and it both said final. So I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah that's it, what then it made it more confusing. That's what confused us is they were final. You were not. And the play suspended thing had not come across the top yet. So yeah. thank goodness no you idea. and Kyle FaceTime every night. So he had, I got, I had the idea. Like I got home that night. I'm like going on Twitter. And then I see like the PGA tour thing saying like Andrew Cozen has to finish. And then I got like four notifications. Yeah. You're on ESPN the next day. So I was like, Oh, it's probably just like some friends or family, like retweeting something. And it's like three or four guys that are just like, calling me out like getting pissed off because they couldn't collect their their front like their second round leader bets because i didn't finish yet. <laughs> that's funny that's hilarious that's awesome hey what suck it gamer guy yeah what that's the thing you, you don't want to be that guy but you know you should tweet it back but suck it yeah, not worried about oh, you. Come on, you could have finished in the dark and I said, all right, like, well, there's a reason I'm playing out here, not you, I guess. There you go. <laughs> and you're sitting there firing off. I, did, I wanted to say stuff back to a few guys, but I can't, man. I'm not, I'm not doing that. Did you, you, did, you see the, uh, did you see the Did you see the ESPN thing? I think there was like an I ESPN. Did, yeah, I saw that like Saturday or Sunday. Yeah, the sweat of the week. Sweat <laughs> of the week. That's crazy. No, no, he posted it. I didn't tell you guys that. He posted it on his Instagram, and I replied back to him, and I said, it's all right. It's not a dad by golf pod episode, but, I mean, it's okay that you made it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's great. That's great. By the way, I've added pierced, pierced three wood to my repertoire. So that, that is – That will be – probably be the title of the episode. You don't think, I, you don't think I'm going to say that three or four times around? You lost your mind. Um, so <laughs> – We've talked about this guy a few times. Uh, he never in a good way. I felt never really in a good bad. way. He gets a good. Was, he gets a bad rap. I feel like, but you played Sunday with Billy Horschel. How was it? <laughs> it was great. Yeah, I mean, I met Billy once or twice a little bit through college and stuff. You know, when we played the the event at Florida, he was out there once or twice. Yeah. So I kind of didn't really know him. Like he obviously not going to remember me. But then, you know, my, my coach knows him pretty, pretty pretty well and was just like, yes. hey, just let you know he's kind of a quiet guy, which a lot of those guys out there, you know, it's it's your job. So you're not going to want to mess around with some Ram 22-year-old from the Corn Ferry. Right. But, I mean, we, we had some decent conversations, a lot of lot of football talk, I'd say, just between Florida and Auburn, just a typical banter back and forth. Right. Talk a little bit about the schedule and what he's playing coming up and all that. Just like typical conversations. Yeah. Um, we got to talk a little bit after the round. But, I mean, he was a great guy. Played played really well. I saw he's doing well today, too. So, yeah. nothing about the best for him. Seems like a great guy. Did you fear for your life at any point in time? Just out of curiosity. We, we, did you see him? We look like he could a be a narc in, this... in a different life. Yeah. <laughs> no, we'll stop. I'm did you, did you feel like he's going to be, he's going to be the next actor in the next psycho movie? <laughs> no, don't go there. <laughs> he was mic'd up though. I didn't want to say anything too bad. He was mic'd uh, up. Oh, was he mic'd up? Oh, oh. <laughs> well, he should, yeah. He, yeah. <laughs> he played, he played good today. He shot 500 today. He's only two shots, two shots back of, 
Mr. McElroy. So um, you finish, you finish strong, you finish T30, which just is, I just think it's incredible. You got your, one of your first uh, PGA tour starts uh, as a pro and you make the cut and you finish top 30. Um, That's just, that's awesome. Yeah, but Kyle, it's the way it happened. He gets a phone call yeah, Sunday night. The phone he call Sunday to, night. You got to wait twenty four hours to sleep hit a golf on the ball. fairway. Yeah, sleep in the fairway. I, I, yeah, we didn't know if they had brought you a cot and you just weren't allowed yeah. to leave the course. <laughs> but no, uh, the 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 crazy thing though is like, how, how does that that doesn't really the, is a great it's a great experience. But like as far as corn fairy tour stuff, like does it it doesn't does it really help your your points or does it doesn't really the you got to go back like it basically is a great yeah. check is a great paycheck but like in great experience but as far as your corn fairy tour points and stuff like that it didn't really didn't really affect anything for that. yeah as you said you know a check goes a long way on corn fairy you know the money's not near as big as it is on pga out there right so expenses expenses get pretty high but with the pga they have you know you have your typical fedex cup points fedex cup rankings but when you're a non-member, they have non-member FedEx Cup points. So, you know, if, if you play a few PGA Tour events and you have some good finishes in those, then you move far enough up in those, then you automatically make it to the Corn Ferry playoffs. Right, right. Which at least I think, I don't know if it secures your Corn Ferry card for the next year, but then like the Corn Ferry playoffs, there's another 25 cards out for PGA. Exactly. So top 25 there also get your PGA Tour card. Exactly. So you do well enough, like if you play three or four PGA Tour events, you have decent finishes in those you'll have enough non-member FedEx cup points to solidify your spot in that, which at least gives you another opportunity to get your PJ tour card. Right. So there's, it doesn't uh, help you on like, you know, first alternate lists or anything of that nature. I mean, did that, did it open anything up for you PGA tour wise? I mean, you're, I mean, you're a pretty good sponsor's exemption. I mean, you're a sponsor's exemption success story. So. Yeah. yeah, like you're a success. So they, they, they look at you and they're like, hey, where was that guy that made the cut and had to wait 24 hours to hit his yeah, golf ball? What is I, that all I about? hope it does. I think we're going to still try and get some out of that. I think my agent reached out to the Puerto Rico event. They, they're already full. We reached out to Valspar for next week. They already give all, out, gave out all their spots. So, I mean, we're still going to – Try and, uh, and and pull something out, hopefully in the future on the PGA Tour. But yeah. at the point in my career, I mean, I need to focus on Corn Ferry. Corn Ferry. If, yeah, I, if, right. I, if I get to a PGA Tour event that's the same week as the Corn Ferry event, I'm probably going to have to play the Corn Ferry event anyways. Right. Because there's yeah. so many stories. There was a guy last year, I think, came down to the end of the season. He was right on the 25 bubble. And then he qualifies for the US Open. I think he ends up making the cut in the US Open, but he skips the Corn Ferry event that week. And then he ends up getting 26th on the list. Oh, that's brutal. If he he skips the U.S. Open, plays the Corn Ferry event, probably just makes the cut, he probably has his PJ Tour card. So it's it's really tough scenarios, especially coming down to the end of the season. But in short term, it's going to be great to play PJ Tour events, you know, you go out there and get top 10 or you win or something like that, it can, it'll change your career. But in the end, if you're looking long-term, it's better to play the Corn Ferry just because that's how you, I'm going to get to the PGA Tour. Like, exactly. I don't want to play one or two PGA Tour events. I want to be a full-time member out there. Exactly. So, for the position I'm in, the Corn Ferry is the best route to go right now. Right. And then the next yeah. event is March the 12th. Is that March 15th, that weekend yeah. type? That's, that's- yeah. We got two events in Louisiana. 
and then one in Savannah, Georgia, and then we got another week off. In Savannah, was that Q School? It's at the place where Q School was, it's isn't the same, it? The same golf club, but a different course. Gotcha, gotcha. So, cool. Let me ask you this: when you uh, when you're when you're there this past weekend, and I, I know that like these guys, you're you're working as your job; it's their job. But we were talking about it with. Is, are there any vets that I mean, you you got to play with horses, so y'all had y'all's banner. But are there any veterans or anything that come up, and introduce themselves, and say, "Hey, welcome," or you know, "Good luck," or you know, "Wish you well," or anything anything like that? Because you hear some of those stories sometimes where somebody says, you know, when them you hear it like it's like I told the guys, I said you always hear it like five years later, like when a guy makes it and they're and they're like, "Yeah, I remember so and so coming up to me on the range when I was just I got a sponsor's exemption and." just introduce themselves and here I am playing with them now. I don't think there's a whole lot of that going on, especially when, you know, I'm starting to get to the age that these guys all are. I feel like you get a lot more of that when you get those young guys in your 15, 16, 17, 18 getting to the events, then the older guys will come up. But once you're getting to the same age, they're, they're just saying, they're just looking as me as another person they're trying to beat. Just like I'm looking at them as another person I'm trying to beat. You're exactly. another notch. You're, you're another notch at that point. They they yeah. need you. They need you. They, they need you finishing behind them. That's what they need. Exactly. So I, I think I look playing these events more. I think it's more of once you meet certain guys, they don't take you under their wing, but they're you're able to get their phone number. You know, you can reach out to them whenever you need help or advice or whatnot. But they're not really coming up to you for the most part. It's usually you'll, maybe you'll play together couple times you end up being pretty similar people you know so you start getting your you start exchanging exchanging messages and whatnot and then you kind of run from there yep that's awesome dude so we're we're fired up for you like like i said earlier we we were texting back and forth and you know the whole weekend trying to catch you on tv trying to catch all the different coverages and, and and whatnot that we could see you and uh we're fired up for you and we're going to be following obviously the next couple of weeks are big. Like you said, the two uh, the two in Louisiana, the one over in Savannah, those are big. That would be the is that the that that's that would be the end of the second shuffle. Uh, and then and I think it kind of gets uh, I think you come to Huntsville at some point pretty quick too. Uh, April twenty eighth through May first, which is my birthday. So see you there. Yeah, we're gonna be there for that. We're gonna come for that one. For sure, we'll be because they're they're shut our course down at some point in time. So we're gonna have to have something to do on the weekend. We're definitely we're gonna come we're gonna <laughs> come, come to that ledges. Yeah, we'll be there. Absolutely. Well, dude, have a uh, have a great uh, rest of the week weekend. Um, I know you're gonna probably gonna be practicing and 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 grinding and playing a little blackjack. And uh, we will we'll be chatting chatting over the next. Uh, I mean, hopefully for for quite a while. So uh, we're we're pretty fired yeah. up. Thanks Appreciate for coming you for on. Having me on again, guys. Really enjoyed it. Always a blast. Much as we, as much as we like the stories and we like the 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 pressure that you put yourself and us through this past weekend, let's try to keep it a little more simple next time around, if you don't mind. <laughs> no promises. No promises. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, dude, thanks again. Uh, catch us next time. We'll be back uh, next Monday. Y'all have a great weekend. It's episode one forty five, brought to you by Bet Online, Dad Bod Golf Pod. Always You've been listening to the Dad Bod Golf Pod. Always stroking. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.